a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. Final segment of today's episode of this program. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, hey, what do you think we should cover tomorrow on the program? Here's how, here's how my day usually goes. We will, producer Amy and I and Gustavo and the rest of the team, we get together uh, in the morning and we start making a plan uh, and we kind of tie up some loose ends from the night before, which included planning for the program. So after we wrap up today, in about 10 minutes from now, uh, we're going to head right back out into the newsroom. Uh, we're going to sit down and we're going to say, all right, we got two and a half hours to fill tomorrow. What are we talking about? And I'd like to I'd like to start a habit with you. I'd like you to, to be involved in that process. I'd like to know uh, what it is that uh, that makes you curious, or what areas of either Utah or the nation or the world uh, you'd like to to discuss. Uh, we had a, a texter earlier this morning give a, a great suggestion. We talked about um, security at the polls. We talked about poll workers versus poll watchers, and uh, a great question came in saying, "Hey, uh, how about electioneering?" and the laws surrounding electioneering. And thanks to that suggestion, which is something I hadn't thought about earlier, it's a natural part of the conversation we had earlier with an assistant U.S. attorney, and, uh, and it, had, it had somehow evaded me. And so in the, in the commercial break, I was able to, to do uh, some quick research, reach into Utah code, and read right here on the air uh, in pretty short order exactly what uh, electioneering is and what poll locations are, at least according to Utah statute, and then the prohibitions and the restrictions placed on electioneering uh, within 150 feet of a building where polling is taking place. We walked through that in great detail. And I'd invite you to go back. I don't have time to, to walk through a statute again here, but I invite you to go back via the KSL News Radio app. That's powered by Any Hour Services, and on there, uh, you can do a number of things. You can listen live to the program. You can watch live too if you're if you're interested in that. There's a we have like a live stream camera here in the in the talk studio. I'll wave at you from time to time, and you can see that via the KSL News Radio app. Also, you can go back and listen to past segments. And uh, if you want to learn a little bit about the laws in Utah and what we are and are not able and allowed to do at polling locations. You can listen to that conversation and my response to the texter uh, via, again, the KSL News Radio app. So go ahead, download that wherever you find your uh, wherever you find your apps. And if you want to get involved in the show prep, we call it for tomorrow, 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500. I would love to hear from you there. Okay, uh, about six and a half minutes left. I want to move through this story pretty quickly. It involves something that took place in the past and something that is being considered in the future by Utah legislatures. Quickly, or legislators, quickly looking backwards. Uh, it was uh, in late April. 
that a, uh, a man was being pursued by uh, law enforcement, specifically uh, members of the Salt Lake City Police Department. The man, a uh, black man, 39 years old from Harriman, uh, had been, <clears throat> had been, he was being pursued uh, by, by police, specifically a police dog. And it was uh, that uh, Jeffrey Ryan's, uh, was bit a number of times, bitten, and later uh, p- footage of this event came to light, and it uh, ultimately led to charges being filed by uh, Salt Lake County District Attorney uh, Sim Gill, and we've spoken to him on these airwaves about these charges. Uh, what also came next was an announcement from uh, Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, along with Police Chief Mike Brown, that the canine unit, specifically the the department's canine bite program, uh, would be suspended. And there it remains suspended indefinitely right now. That's all backstory. And then we come to just yesterday, an interim committee meeting of members of the Utah legislature got together and uh, discussed whether or not uh, Utah should, the legislature should, uh, weigh into what goes into canine certification programs. It was a, like an exploratory debate. You know, they get together and uh, they'll, in a friendly, casual manner, uh, bounce some ideas back and forth. And what I want to do now for the remaining few moments of the program is walk through with you uh, a bit uh, of the discussion that took place. The first voice you'll hear from is Representative Lee Perry. He uh, served decades as both a member of the uh, Utah State Legislature and also until his retirement this year, a member of the Utah Highway Patrol. So here on the topic of the Utah State Legislature weighing into the question of canine certification programs is Lee Perry. So if somebody wanted to fudge the system right now, they could. And we don't want to, we want to say, hey, look, we just need to make sure you're trained. And we have, we have the expert in our state. We have many uh, excellent canine uh, handlers and canine operators in our state. And I think that they can provide some great guidance to put, the, put a bill forward that will be beneficial to make sure that, that, that there isn't any, anybody out there that does something they're not supposed to do. And I think it will benefit all of us in the long run. I'm going to walk through just some of the varied views that were voiced by uh, representatives yesterday. Val Potter uh, up next wants to work with police because uh, he says they're the ones in the field. But I want to make sure that the uh, chief of police association, the sheriff's association are behind what we're doing and involved in the process. So it doesn't appear to them uh, they're on the ground. They're doing this. Uh, so it doesn't appear that the legislature is driving something down their throat that, that we shouldn't. I, I, uh, what, what he's communicating there is a desire to have the police unions involved uh, and the claim being that they are the, the ones that know uh, and are best kind of positioned to understand the, the will and workings uh, of the officers that would be most directly impacted by any legislation that were to come uh, from the legislature. I think in principle uh, that that is a wonderful, that's a wonderful approach. It's a good mindset to have uh, that as you, as a legislature, consider uh, bills to either draft or vote on or pass, ultimately uh, become law, you really, from all angles available to you, uh, examine the the impact of that legislation. Uh, So I'm not speaking about this instance uh, specifically or this circumstance specifically, but rather, uh, you know, having a big, broad look at the impact of legislation, uh, a pretty wise approach to legislating. Uh, Next up, Representative Holland uh, respects the the resource that police use, but also wants to know uh, when it's appropriate to use. 
Yeah, and, and with that respect, I do uh, want to, you know, state that I, I respect that the, the, that the police, this is a tool for the, our officers to use, but also remembering that um, we want to look at when it's used on individuals. You know, the, I have been following the incident that happened in our community. Uh, next up, this is Senator Dan Thatcher says that the officer needs additional training, and he's not talking about the canine. First off, let's remember... Uh, that in the incident that was referred to, the canine was not at fault, the handler was. Uh, assuming that things happened as they've been presented, that the handler is, is the person that needs the additional training, uh, not, the, not the canine. Secondly, um, if we already have best practices, and it sounds like we have best practices already established, um, having a bill that simply says, these are best practices, and we expect your program, if you're going to use it, to meet these standards that we've already established as successful. I don't think that that's especially onerous. That'll be the last word on that, the final decision to make it uh, an interim committee bill, the, to continue uh, to look at it, to draft something, canine law enforcement uh, legislation moving forward. We'll see what comes of that. We'll see what comes next. We'll see if the legislature ultimately uh, gets together and sends on to the governor's desk something addressing the issue of canine law enforcement. Time for me to say goodbye. Let me remind you that this evening, the final Utah Debate Commission debate between the two candidates uh, for attorney general will take place tonight at 6 p.m. You can hear it here. uh, And tomorrow, you and I will get together and discuss what took place. Next up, Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here. On KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.